Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is September 1st, or should I say Craig-tember 1st. <laughs> we have finally reached the month of Craig-tember. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. And we talked last week and we're like, oh, hopefully we'll have some prospect call-ups to talk about uh, by, by our next episode. And sure enough, Matt... We do. We had a lot going on this past week, not only with the Brewers, but also just myself. I moved this past week. Yeah. You, you like the new scenery, but I know no one else can see this, but <laughs> I got the new scenery behind me. Super nice place. Got granite countertops and everything. Washer and dryer in units. This super nice new apartment, and it is time to celebrate. There you go. With an ice cold Liney's Northwoods Amber. We have reached September, excuse me, Craig Timber. So it is time to go to the Fall Ambers and the Liney's Northwoods Amber. Yeah, that is a very good one, and I love that one. And I'll cheers to you in your new place with my rum and something. I don't know. What's rum, and some, rum and rum and rum. Some, you Double know those rum. Like, tall, skinny, they're called sparkling ice or whatever. They're a bunch of different flavors. You find them places for like a buck. Well, they make good mixers. We'll just say that. Nice. So, uh, nice. I like it. All right. We are getting lit over in the Carroll household. Yes, that's right. Um, but no, I don't. I'm not a fan of. It's not fall yet. Damn it. Like, I'm. I'm not ready to give up summer. And I'm. A, I'm someone who actually like. I. I like the heat less than the cold. But really, it's like football. Well, you're in the started. right state for that one. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I mean, not that I'm not saying I enjoy the snow and cold, but I can just tolerate one more than the other. But like the Badgers start this weekend, football's coming. I'm doing fantasy drafts. My wife bought fall themed, uh, just like a coffee mug and towels for the kitchen, and I'm seeing too much fall stuff, and I'm just not ready. It is still baseball season, people. It is still warm out. Yes. It was 87 today, I think. It is still baseball season. It is still summer to me, and I'm not letting it go. For what it's worth, the summer shandy was there at the store, but for you know, for for September and just you know for whatever reason, I was feeling the Northwoods today. I li- I like the Northwoods, and I saw it there. I don't see it all the time, so I decided to get it because why not? But the summer shandy is still out there, so summer isn't completely over. All right, I will allow it in this case. Very quickly, before we break into things, you mentioned prospects, and this isn't exactly a prospect, but I've got the Nashville Sounds game on in the background. What did Mario do? Not Mario. He's actually not playing. Pedro Severino is playing and threw a very poor ball to throw a guy out at second uh, that the guy got such a late start on he was out anyway. But John Singleton was up, and you remember you going to Nashville in April. You remember yes. where the band box is, right? Yes, yes, way, way deep out there in right field. I'm relatively certain he cleared it. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, John Singleton is a strong man. He's a large, strong man. and he If only he could strike out less than 35% of the time, he'd be great. Yeah. Or hit over the Mendoza line. But he hits balls hard. Yeah. And that well, would be you know, scary. Yeah, ball. if he could strike out less, he'd probably hit over the Mendoza line. But That's, you know. that's a good point. Could that be the long-term position for Keston Hira. Who knows, but right now he is on fire. Sort of. I mean, I I remember seeing a tweet like, oh, here's Keston Hira's last 10 ABs. He was two for 10 with six strikeouts, but there was a walk-off home run in there. So (laughs) is he good? Is he not? Where is he going? I mean, the the strikeout rate is still incredibly high, Mm -hmm. and he's still producing. He's still hitting the home runs. He's coming up in, in some big moments, very clutch moments. He's able mm-hmm. to get these hits. It's almost a Jace Peterson level-esque <laughs> type ability to come up in big moments and make everybody love you and think you're really, really good. I mean, the, the OPS numbers are still above 800, mm-hmm. which is nice, but... With the strikeouts being what they are, and now, I mean, Keston is playing a bit more often, how much longer until either this all falls, falls apart or can he actually keep this going? I don't think he can, but 
he's coming up in big moments, so you might as well keep putting him out there, I guess. Yeah, 100% got to keep rolling with the hot hands. Um, I know in the game that I was at yesterday, he reached base three times. Granted, one was on an error. Um, but the, the times he reached base were late in the game as the Brewers were trying to, you know, take the lead and then add to their lead. Um, and, yeah, we kind of had this chat or discussion in our writers' chat a little bit about how he does seem to come up in these big moments, oddly. He'll, like, strike out early. And then when the game starts to get tight towards the end, he's, you know, starting a rally with a single or walking off or, you know, uh, all these different types of things. It's kind of a little bit uncanny. And I'm interested to see, because like you said, the the on-base percentage is better than it was. Um, The slugging is definitely better than it was. One of the few players on the team with an OPS over 800. I think Renfro has one. Garrett Mitchell actually has one. We'll talk about that later. Um, not much else outside of that. Um, so, you know, he's kind of redeemed himself a little bit, but still, I mean, that 40 plus percent strikeout rate is just not something that a lot of teams are going to be able to stick with. And like, you're kind of getting at like it, there's high chances that you can regress back when you strike out that much. Cause if you stop doing the things outside of striking out that are good, but continue that strikeout rate, numbers are going to tank. So if he can keep, Brewers should absolutely keep playing him pretty regularly while he's hot. Maybe he carries it through to the end of the year. And then I'm curious if this has bought him another year with the team, if they try to sell high on him in the off season, I don't know, but at the very least what he's been doing lately uh, has bought him some more time. We'll put it that way. Yeah, the numbers that he's been putting up with such a high strikeout rate and the high OPS, it's something that's pretty much never been seen before mm-hmm. in baseball. Like, there are very few hitters that have ever been around that have put up this kind of an OPS, uh, th- this kind of production, per se, with this high of a strikeout rate. It is, it is absurd. And, you know, I think that I think that's part of why the Brewers haven't really known what to do with Keston Hira, just because they've never seen this before. I mean, this hasn't really happened before in the game of baseball. So, you know, when you have a player like this, how do how do you handle it? They they don't have much to look to. Yeah. um, Sorry. You, you made you made a face as yeah. I was. Did, did Mario hit a home run or something? I know he's yeah, DHing no, tonight. No, unfortunately, way worse news. Um, in the Sounds game, Marcus Walden, kind of a hybrid starter uh, reliever guy, uh, the way he's been used for the Sound, just got drilled up by the head with a line drive. Oh no! He's down on the ground right now. They're kind of looking at him. He. After it initially happened, he kind of poked his head up to see what happened and then right back on the ground. And now he's kind of laying flat on his back while the trainers are there. So it's a very scary moment in Nashville. Um, hopefully, yeah, it, actually now he's kind of already standing up. So maybe it, it it looked like it hit pretty square, but maybe it just hit in a spot. He's smiling now, actually. So I think we're good. But, oh, that was terrifying. And the one of those situations where the guy who hits it, um, you know, his kind of hands in his or head in his hands kind of uh, rattles him a little bit. Uh, Walden's coming off the field. He's going to come out of the game, it looks like. But uh, yeah. thank God he's actually OK for this one, because that was yeah, that was pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah, I mean, Sorry hopefully he's yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's all right. But uh, yeah, Speaking of the Nashville Sounds, uh, they have had a couple of players uh, called up. And, you know, as we left last week, it's like, OK, hopefully they'll call up some some prospects from Nashville here. And the first one to get the call was not who you or I was expecting or really anyone was expecting. And it's Garrett Mitchell who ended up getting the call to the Milwaukee Brewers. And I thought for sure it would have been Terang or Asteri Ruiz or maybe even Sal Freelich, just because Freelich was putting up such insane numbers. But Garrett Mitchell was putting up good numbers as well. They flew under the radar because he was hitting only 343 with the sounds instead of 443 or or whatever Sal Freelich was doing. But yeah, hitting 343 since his promotion to AAA, and then he ends up getting called up to the Milwaukee Brewers. 
and he gets his first major league start. And in that, he gets his first major league hit, which is a two RBI single that he stretched into a double after a, well, single advance on an air after a misplay in center field. But that's just what his speed can do, being able to take that extra base. Not a lot of guys would have been able to take that extra base. And then he ends up scoring on a uh, Christian Yelich home run. So extra base didn't really matter in the long run. But if that was a single or something else, that would have been huge. And then the next day, down by two in the eighth inning, a runner on, and Garrett Mitchell takes an 87-mile-an-hour meatball middle-middle and drives it out to right center for his first career home run, a game-tying home run in the eighth inning. And sure enough, Matt, just like we said, if you call up a prospect, it could spark this team, and they call up Garrett Mitchell, and what do you know? Sparks. Where, where is where is Taylor Swift? Sparks flying. I, <laughs> call T uh, Swizzle. We, we give we're, we give you all kinds of uh, musical references here. It's not just yes. country on this podcast. Um, yeah, that's one hundred. Taylor Swift was country. Well, no, yeah, that's actually a good point. She was back, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, he one hundred percent has provided a spark. Since he's come up, um, you could feel, you know, I, I kind of I wrote about it a little bit uh, after his first few games. And, you know, there was definitely a buzz amongst the fan base when he came up because Garrett Mitchell, you know, first round prospect, someone that, you know, fans have been excited for ever since he was drafted to see how fast is he going to come up. Uh, the way he looked in college seemed to be a guy who would be major league ready faster than maybe some draftees from that year might. Um, and it was a little surprising that it was him, especially because, you know, he started off on fire um, when he first started playing in 2021 at, at high A. And then he struggled a little bit in double A, missed some time uh, on the injured list. I know Adam McKelvey, uh, MLB.com, friend of the podcast, had written about how, I believe it was McKelvey, could have been Salmon, but I thought it was McKelvey. Wrote about how sure. he kind of had a Salmon bat. left us now. We're, we're going to roll with McKelvey. You're not totally dead to us, Will, but <laughs> awfully close. Um, it wrote about how he kind of went with a big battle through a uh, really bad case of strep last year. Starts a little slow this year. Spends more time on the injured list. Um, kind of turns things around and then looks good at AAA. But it, that's not a lot of time, you know? To, that he really had to showcase his stuff down in the minors. And yet the Brewers were still confident enough to bring him in and see if he could provide that spark and that he could potentially contribute at a major league level, despite, you know, kind of a minimal amount of at-bats since being drafted in 2020. And that's exactly what he did. Like you mentioned, you know, how he took second on that uh, error in the outfield, where the center fielder was playing was relatively shallow when he got to that ball. So exactly like you said, not a lot of runners are even going to attempt that, let alone make it. But those sorts of little things, you know, they kind of spark the fan base a little bit and they start to put a little pressure on the pitching staff that, oh, now you've got a guy in second who's blazing fast, um, you know, maybe rattles them a little bit and how they're going to approach Christian Yelich and then accidentally leaves a meatball there. Um, in the second game, they tried to pick him off Mm-hmm. of first when he attempted to steal and he still made it it was very very close um almost any other runner is not going to make that almost any other runner is not even going to try and just get caught in no man's land and he ends up on second base and ends up scoring later in that inning too um just those little things are like that's what can spark a team and that's exactly like especially you have been calling for this entire time call someone up once that trade deadline went south, call someone up and kind of reinvigorate the fan base and the clubhouse and all those things. And, you know, hopefully it's not too little too late, but at the very least, Brewers have been kind of stacking up a couple of series wins now. And Garrett Mitchell was a big part of both of those. So who knows? Like maybe, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the psyches of these players, but that's what happens a lot of times when you get um, – that big name guy up here, the, the, the players know who he is. They know, yeah. you know, he's a first round pick and he's kind of the future of the team. So it's got to rub off on them a little bit too. the fact that he's coming up. 
Yeah, and, and he's been in big league camp, so I mean he knows those guys. And I mean you, you've even seen it in the in the post game interviews with those players how you know they're like he's provided a spark, he's provided electricity, and you know really kind of you know brought something new to this ball club, something that they've been looking for. I think they're they're very excited uh, about it. And and then I mean after he hits the game tying home run, you know the the Sophia Minard has Keston and. Uh, Mitchell lined up to interview and, you know, she asked the first one to cast him because he just hit the walk off and he's like, no, like, let's, let's talk about Gary Mitchell over here. Like, you know, how about, how about a hand for him? And, you know, gets the crowd all riled up for him and, you know, that they're, they're hyping him up and, and talking about him. Garrett Mitchell got a curtain call mm-hmm. for his home run. I mean, you don't see a lot of prospects, you know, a lot of players get curtain calls for their first big league home runs. Uh, I remember Brett Phillips got a curtain call. For his first home run, and I mean, Brewers, Brewers fans <laughs> loved him too. Yeah, you know, how everyone loves Brett Phillips. Okay, yeah. like oh, yeah. let's let's just put that out. Everybody loves Brett Phillips. Yeah. Um, but everyone's gonna love Garrett Mitchell too. I mean, the the way he was sounding in that post game interview um, about the organization, the fans, and, and just being here, and how much he really loves this team and loves this organization, like already. Um, you know, I think that's, he was sounding to me like a, a franchise cornerstone for the future. I mean, he sounds like someone who's going to be here for a long time. The fact that he was the first one to get this call over Sal Freelich, over Asteri Ruiz, over, you know, Joey Weimer, over Bryce Terang, the fact that he got that call and, um, and David Stearns pointed out, you know, how this was, it's like, okay, he's had that familiarity with the coaching staff been in big league camp. He's been with the organization a little bit longer. So that's why they went with him over a guy like Freelich. Uh, that, that certainly helps. But then Jason Lane apparently wasn't too familiar <laughs> with yep. Garrett Mitchell. I mean, we, we got to talk about this because Jason Lane, uh, he has drawn the ire occasionally of Brewers fans with his uh, send, no send uh, decisions on the year. He decides not to send 80-grade speed Garrett Mitchell, who just swiped an extra base. Like, he essentially just, like, this was right after he stole second base after being picked off. And there's a single by Christian Yelich, and Jason Lane puts up the stop sign to Garrett Mitchell, who would have easily scored on that. And then, I mean, he ends up scoring anyways on on a Willie Adamas single, but then, you know, a few batters later, Christian Yelich, oh, let's wave him around from second. Let's wave him home. And Yelich just thrown out by 10 feet. Like, Jason, dude, know your players, man. <laughs> Mitchell is faster than Yelich. We all love watching Yelich run the bases. But it's also, like, what Yelich does is kind of more how he cuts the bags and he runs it smartly rather than running it with blazing speed. Garrett Mitchell is much faster than Christian Yelich. Yeah, I, I mean, how many, as we've watched Garrett Mitchell come up uh, through the minors, how many infield singles has that guy just flat out beaten yeah. due to his elite speed? And yeah, 100% on Yelich. Um, he steals bases too, yes, but a lot of that, you know, so much of being able to be good at stealing bases goes into the timing and, you know, yeah. being able to pick up on the pitcher and their movements and knowing that right time to go. Um, it. Never give a stop sign to Garrett Mitchell. No, no, definitely not. And it was, I mean, that was actually one where if Yelich had been running, he probably scores on two. A lot of runners score on that. I remember thinking. And on, as on, I was, on the one for Yelich, Mitchell probably would have scored on that. Yes, exactly. Um, but on the one for Mitchell, both any, lot, lots of them would have scored. Urias might not have scored. But yeah. a lot of them would have <laughs> I, I, Rowdy Telez might not have. My, yeah, he might not have either. Although he did end up scoring later on a on a questionable send by by that's right. Jason Lane. There were there were a lot of very interesting calls in in that inning, but that's because the throw was offline essentially. Correct. Yeah. And then Rowdy injured his knee, I think, running on that. Yeah, it was right after that that he ended up getting pulled and felt the kind of like knee soreness, knee discomfort uh, that he had felt the previous year and kind of spent some time on the IL with, but. Uh, no, I was very, very surprised when they didn't send Garrett Mitchell. I was just assuming, oh, great, there's a score. And then all of a sudden he stopped and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. And there's so much and, time before the ball still made its way to the infield. 
And Mitchell does not have enough clout yet in the major leagues to run through a stop sign. Like, Willie Adamas, if he wanted to, he could run through a stop sign because he's Willie Adamas. Garrett Mitchell, you're, like, first start in the big leagues or second start in the big leagues. You're not going to run through a stop sign. You're not going to be like, screw you, Jason. I know, I know what I'm doing. I know my own speed. You're you're just going to listen to the stop sign and just that that's what you're going to do. You don't have enough clout yet. But Jason, buddy, don't put up a stop sign for Garrett Mitchell. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Just, just let him go. Let him run. He's he's faster than anybody else on the team. Or yeah. maybe he was. Yeah. I, you know what? You know what? I would be very curious for. I would be very curious for a race. Between mm-hmm. Garrett Mitchell and Asiri Ruiz, who also has just been called up as of Craig Timber first. Rosters have expanded by two, and the Brewers have decided to call up outfielder Asiri Ruiz, acquired in the Josh Hader trade. And it's about damn time. Uh, they should have called him up right after the trade deadline. As soon as they didn't acquire any other bats that they were looking to get, they should have called up Ruiz to help out with that outfield and, and provide a spark. He's got 70 stolen bases in the minor leagues this year. 77-0. That is Scott Podsednik level of speed. And finally, he is a, he's hitting 332 on the season. He's got a 450 on base percentage. 450. He's getting on base 45% of the time. And with the speed that he has, the stolen base ability that he has, you mean to tell me he wouldn't be a spark? He wouldn't be an improvement on this team? He absolutely would. He should have been up a month ago, but he is finally up now. And this outfield may be the, even with Hunter Renfro, this may be the fastest outfield in all of baseball just because you have Garrett Mitchell and Asteri Ruiz. Yeah, absolutely. But then you add to that Christian Yelich, who we talked about, and don't get us wrong, like, Christian Yelich is very, very fast. Um, and then there's the injured Jonathan Davis. Yeah, Jonathan Davis, um, although he's on 10-day IL now. Tyrone Taylor. He's out of a job. He, he is out of a job, yes. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. it, it, and I had predicted. I'm sorry, Jonathan, but you're out of a job. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, too, is it really an elbow contusion? I don't remember something that would have happened that would have caused Was it contusion or effusion? They, they've been using that one a lot. Or This one was know. contusion. I just saw contusion. it Contusion. So, okay. so when, so a bruise, you know. Um, but uh, Tyron Taylor. Did he fall down the stairs, Matthew? He. Uh, I don't think anyone <laughs> here knows that joke. That's the thing. No, that 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 might be more <laughs> of an inside joke with with the yeah. writers that uh, Matt occasionally pushes people down the stairs uh, in order to get certain certain players called up, um, such as a Mario Feliciano uh, or, or someone else, but. Yeah. The ends justify the means, people. They do. <laughs> He's a mercenary for hire. If you need someone to fall down a flight of stairs, call <laughs> Matt Carroll. Reach out to him on Twitter at MKEMatt13. Yes, or 555-STAIRS. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that doesn't work. Whatever. 555-STAIRS. There we go. Um, yeah, but and then Tyrone Taylor very fast in his own rights. Um, so that is one hell of a speedy outfield there. Um, it's, I don't know with Ruiz coming up and now having, uh, already having an outfield rotation of Renfro, Yelly, Mitchell, Tyron Taylor. I see McCutcheon. Ruiz and McCutcheon. Yes, absolutely. Um, I see Ruiz as more of the late game replacement, pinch runner type guy, but who knows? Maybe he gets a start here and there. And I would love to see what happens once he does get that start, because especially if he's in the same lineup as like Mitchell or yeah, it would obviously be as Yelly. But like, man, I'd love to see what happens when you have that much freaking speed on the base paths for a team. Yeah, that would be. Incredible, and they should have done this a while ago. But again, just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, you you could put one of those guys in left field and have an incredible left fielder. Um, take Yelich out defensively, put him at DH, uh, and then you have both Mitchell and Ruiz in there in, in the outfield and in the lineup. That would be amazing. Plus, Renfro and his cannon for an arm and and power out there in right field. That'd be, I'd love it. That this outfield would actually almost be good again. Oh. You know, it's. 
it's been a while. It's, it's been a little bit since this outfield has been uh, top notch. But when they are good, <clears throat> 2018, um, the Brewers tend to do extremely well. So perhaps this is finally getting to that that new group. I mean, they've got so many outfield prospects. Um, but Mitchell and Ruiz are the first ones to arrive, and they're going to get that first crack at that long-term center field job because that is wide open mm-hmm. center field for the future. And Mitchell and, and Ruiz, you know, they've got the speed to be able to do it. So, you know, they've got the defense to be able to do it. It's just a matter of probably who hits the best and, and who's able to lock it down. And even then, they could move they could move them all around and move someone to left. I'm I'm not sure if either of them have the arm for right field, but um, they they got that they got that first crack. Yeah, I will actually be really interested to see what happens with Tyrone Taylor this offseason because I feel like he's had his chances at this point. Like mm-hmm. this year, he was pretty darn close to an everyday center fielder, especially once Kane ended up being DFA'd, and he has just not shown that he is any part of the Brewers, is played his way into any part of the Brewers' future in the outfield. He's got an on-base percentage under 300, which you just cannot have. Um, His OPS isn't that great even outside of that. Um, It... But he's in the situation where, like, he's still under just regular team control next year. Um, so he'd be super cheap, but he's also out of options. So it's not like you can just retain him and stash him in the minors or anything like that. You've got this wave of guys coming up. You've still got Christian Yelich, obviously. You've still got Hunter Renfro. Like, I don't know if there's going to be room left for Tyrone Taylor, but it's weird to move on from someone, especially for a team like the Brewers, who's still that cheap and still that early in their control years. But I don't know, I don't know what else you do at this point to start getting some of these young guys playing time. It's going to be, it'll be a real interesting decision for Stearns to make here. Yeah, and hopefully he makes a, a better one than, than some of the ones that he did uh, ah. at the deadline. He he can regroup this offseason. I could see him. I could see them doing something like a, a Domingo Santana type of trade with Tyrone Taylor, kind of trade him somewhere else, try to get him some more regular playing time because Domingo w- was pushed out of opportunities here. And so it's like, okay, you trade him elsewhere and try to get something else for him. They got Ben Gamble and Noah Zavolas. Um, you could go, you know, either an infielder or another pitcher or whatever you want really in exchange for Tyrone, but you could, you know, tell the other teams like, Hey, look, you know, he could be a, a decent starting outfielder. We just couldn't, you know, get the most out of him because either the Brewers hitting development has been crap or we just didn't give him the right opportunities or whatever it was. Um, but he could be a decent outfielder for you guys and, and just kind of ship him elsewhere as, as you're bringing up the new guys and get something for him. I, I could see something like that happening, but if he does stick around, He's probably your your backup outfielder. I, I think his he's had his opportunities to show himself as a starter, and I don't think he's proven that he can, especially with guys like Mitchell and Ruiz and Freelick mm-hmm. and Weimer uh, coming up that that are all there either already in the big leagues or in AAA, and then Jackson Churio behind them. There's there's not a starting spot in this outfield for Tyron Taylor. He has not proven he can be better than any of them. Uh, with the numbers that they could produce. So it's either going to be a backup job for him or they're going to have to move on. Yeah, and maybe it ends up being one of those, you know, he makes the opening day roster, but as soon as Freelick gets a few AAA games under his belt and shows that he's still good, you end up pulling the trigger and, you know. Like Orlando Arcia. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, could be a situation like that. So what, a week, not even, into the season? Yeah, I think that's all it was, wasn't it? Wasn't it after? Yeah, the, it was. It was early April. It was. It was only a few days into the year. So. Right. Um, yeah, could see something like that as well. Just trying to trying to get something for him, but. Right. Yeah, that is that is an interesting case to be determined. But we can get into more of the offseason stuff once we're in the offseason. We still have a we still have a month of Craig Timber left. Mm-hmm. Plus, potentially, okay. hopefully, maybe a month of October baseball, but. You know, you never know yeah. uh, when it comes to that. Hopefully they, they can provide some sort of a spark here, but 
yeah, you got the two big call-ups. You got Mitchell up. You have Asteria Ruiz up. Luis Perdomo was called up to be the uh, extra bullpen guy. Now, the Brewers expected their September bullpen call-up to be Trevor Rosenthal. As we talked last week, um, you know, there was a potential with injury there. We didn't really know, you know, what, what was really kind of going on. And then shortly after we put up last week's podcast, it was announced that Trevor Rosenthal had suffered yet another injury. Shocking. After he suffered this hamstring injury. Yeah. His third injury this year, after he suffered a hamstring injury, trying to come back from thoracic outlet surgery uh, that he suffered when he was trying to come or no hamstring injury after a hip labrum tear that he suffered after he had thoracic outlet surgery. So he's been going on three, three injuries this year, four injuries over the last two years, all different areas, different things. And he hasn't pitched in two years. The most recent picture I could find of him was three organizations ago (laughs) when, when he actually pitched for the Padres. Okay. He signed with Oakland in 2021 didn't pitch for them. Then he signed with San Francisco, never pitched for them. And then he gets traded to the Brewers, and he's never going to pitch for them because now this lat injury has him out for the entire season. And then guess what? He's a free agent, and odds are he's not going to be coming back. So congratulations, Brewers. You have traded a top 20 prospect in Tristan Peters in exchange for absolutely goddamn nothing. You got absolutely nothing. As I said last week, the only thing worse than Rosenthal coming over and not pitching well for the Brewers is Rosenthal not pitching at all because of injuries. So I only have one thing to say, David Stearns, and I'm going to enlist the help of Carrie Underwood. I told you so. I told you so. This was a horrible idea. This was a horrible trade. It, and it ended up being the worst possible scenario. He never pitched for you. You're like, oh, well, I mean, the, the, anytime you acquire a player uh, that, that's currently injured, there's some risk. Yeah, no shit. Maybe with all that risk you know, don't give up a top 20 prospect. You're like, hey, that price seems a little too high for a guy who's currently injured and hasn't hasn't pitched in two years. Maybe instead I'll give you cash considerations. Maybe instead I'll, I'll give you a, a 16-year-old uh, that's that's a backup catcher in the Dominican Summer League who's hitting a buck 10. Like, how about I give you that? But no, let's give a guy who's got a 900 OPS and A ball who is a seventh-round pick out of college? Who's a top-20 prospect? Let's do that. Uh, I'm still yeah, trying I, to get over the fact that— Sorry, I was on a soapbox there. Yes, you were. Um, also, I'm now realizing that you were queuing up that song before we started recording. <laughs> I thought you were receiving a phone call, and now I'm putting the pieces together. Well yes. played to not give that away. Um before we started rolling here. Good job. Good job. Golf clap. Um, I don't know what's, I mean, I do know what's more frustrating. It's it's the giving up of the top 20 prospect here, but you had to pay four and a half million dollars to take on this guy that had a real risk of, missing of playing less than a month of baseball or less like yeah or whatever the prorated number was yeah i think that was the prorated number i thought i'd seen i could be wrong but i i thought i I think i think four and a half was was what it was supposed to be for like the whole season prorated maybe um so i mean the but still like there was still at least what maybe million and a half, two million dollars left yeah. on that, that that the Brewers took on and that they just lit on fire. Yep. So like you got nothing, absolutely nothing from this. So you're trading away a prospect 
and adding a not unsizable chunk of money to your payroll for a guy with significant injury risk, a guy who got an injury trying to come back from an injury, and you thought trying to come back from an injury to trade a top 20 pick granted in your position of the most depth sure but you could have traded that same prospect for someone more useful or for a lottery ticket or for for anything um and somebody healthy you can actually play for the organization and instead you took a chance on a guy who has been nothing but injured lately expecting that everything was going to turn out fine like it yes it's a hundred percent the worst trade he's ever made like yeah i don't it this one's gonna go down in the history books like at the very least it's not a jeff supon level trade where it affects you year after year after year it's not gonna go down that infamously but it will go down as one of the worst trades of any regime, let alone just the Stearns one. I mean, I just, I'm glad, I guess, that this is the last time we're probably going to have to talk to it, talk about it this much in depth, because now it's done. Um, Council did say that there was maybe a, like, off chance that he could pitch, like, an outing or two down the, like, at the very, very end. But at that point, what's the point? Why mess with your roster even like yeah and you have no idea what you'd be getting at that point yeah. I, don't, I don't care how many rehab assignments he goes on right um and e- even that late you wouldn't be able to send him on a rehab assignment so like no. really what why bother i mean this is a guy who has thrown a grand total of 39 innings since 2017 yeah he missed all of 2018 with tommy john surgery mm-hmm. he came back late in 2019 through 15 and a third innings then 2020 through 23 and two thirds innings. And then he's been out since. So he has not been a regular member of a bullpen or he has, he has not thrown above 30 innings in a single season since 2017. Like this dude has had significant injury history over the last five years. And yeah, let's, let's give all this up for him. It, it made no sense at the start it makes even less sense now. I don't know how they felt comfortable paying that, how they felt comfortable taking on all that risk and paying the price that they did considering all that risk. It's it's unbelievable to me that, that they would actually pull that off. And yeah, I, I wrote that article that you know this was the worst trade Cerns has ever made. You can look at the Chris Davis trade, the Jonathan Scope trade, or, or things like that, that other trades of his that did not work out well, but at least those players were healthy and were able to do something. They may not have done a lot. They may not have done what was expected. But Jonathan Scope did something. He had that grand slam off Madison Bumgarner. Yep. And he had he had that grand slam off Madison Bumgarner. I, I, I can't think of anything else. But at least he <laughs> had that. At least he was healthy and available. He may have stunk, but he was healthy. It made sense at the time to acquire him. But... It made no sense to acquire Trevor Rosenthal at the time. It makes even less sense now. And, you know, the analogy that I really I really like to use, like this is like the Brewers trading first-class window seat on an airplane to go sit in the middle seat in economy on Spirit Airlines between a crying baby and a dude sleeping and drooling on your shoulder. That is what the Brewers – that's what you did. This is like going up to the bully and saying, here, take my lunch money. Completely unprompted. I'll stuff myself in the locker. Don't worry yourself about it. I'll trade you my, my PB&J in exchange for a three-day-old egg salad sandwich that's been sitting out in the sun. Might be like sitting in the airport bath, airplane bathroom, I'm not going to lie. While other people are there. <laughs> oh, my God. It, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know what more to say about this. Like, like I said, it's I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. I, I guess that we know something now. Like we've got resolution. It's done. It's over. We don't have to worry about him coming in and like blowing games because, good God, like you know what would happen to the fan base with that. I, I almost think it 
would be better idea for them to keep him on the 40 man until this the season is all said and done. You know who would have been nice to keep on the 40 man, Matt? You know who would have been nice to have on the 40 man? Who would that be? Denelson Lamette. Ah, uh, yes, it would have been. It would have been nice to have that guy on the 40-man, but no, 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 no. We have to make sure we have a 40-man spot for Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but... Carrie Underwood says it a lot more beautifully than I do. But still, the point remains, I told you so. I told you this was a bad idea, and yet they, of course, this was after the fact. But still, it was a bad idea, and it remains a bad idea. Probably the worst idea David Stearns has had since DFA'ing Denelson Lamette. But, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. That wasn't much. There were, there were a lot of bad decisions made made at that time, but yeah. So Rosenthal is not going to be called up. Back, back to Luis Perdomo, who <laughs> did get the call. <laughs> he has thrown just over 10 innings for the big league club this year. You know, he's been up and down. Uh, he's been hurt, and now he finally gets to call back up. And he's a former Padres guy as well. So Mysterio Ruiz, former Padre guy, and Luis Perdomo, former Padre guy, uh, Perdomo gets a call over Trevor Rosenthal, former Padre guy, um, and current Padre guy Josh Hader has been imploding. Yeah, not not good times uh, in Haderland over there. He did uh, pick up his first save since he went to San Diego last night. Um, let or maybe it was during the day. No, it was last night. Um, it was just on the web. No, it was during the day. I got you. Wednesday during the day. Yeah. Is that what it was? No. When, yeah, Wednesday afternoon. It was, in the, it was in the evening because I was back from the game, so it had to have been after five. Uh, our time. Yeah, it, it, it was after five. I wouldn't call it, like, at night. I mean, it was – because I remember doing a doing a radio hit with friend of the show, Grant Bills, um, and he was like, oh, Josh Hader's coming in the ninth inning here, and that was at, like, 5.30 or so. So. Yeah. So, do you consider 5.30 afternoon, or do, or do you consider it night? I guess I consider it evening, technically. Evening, yeah. We'll, we'll settle with that. We'll split the difference. Anyways, uh, Hader comes in, gives up a single immediately, um, gets the next guy out, uh, throws a wild pitch slash pass ball. It was hard to tell whose fault it was, but then gets the next couple of guys out. So, much more Hader-looking outing than some of his others. I think he... Finally pulled his ERA with the Padres under 20 with that outing, um, I believe. But, yeah, it's surprisingly enough, the Brewers, especially now that, like, Ruiz is up, um, uh, t- uh, Taylor Rogers has actually been looking pretty decent lately. He's now gone seven mm-hmm. straight outings without giving up an earned run. He did have one where he gave up one unearned run. Um but since his the one that he gave up four in, um, he's been looking pretty decent. Ruiz making an appearance. Um, get, Robert Gasser uh, just got promoted to AAA already. Yep. The the hater trade itself, which we both said right after it happened, wasn't necessarily bad on its face in the immediate aftermath. It was a lot of things afterwards that made it look worse. Um, but looking a little bit better these days. I don't know if Josh Hader does, in fact, end up breaking out of this funk, and then then you're kind of back to where you were before, unless Gasser and Ruiz end up really turning out to be, you know, dudes, as they say. Um, but currently, the Brewers are winning out in that trade, and that's nice. Uh, it's just kind of some of the other stuff that we've already discussed several times that uh, we will not continue to dwell on, hopefully. Uh that made things look worse. But, yeah, uh, we'll see if Hader kind of spins things around. I know there was a rumor out there floating around that they were having kind of some issues with the kid because there was that was a complicated pregnancy. Um, but that was a completely unfounded rumor. Um, his wife, uh, Maria, Maria, came out and shut that down right away and said, nope, baby's fine, fully healthy, not an issue, which is 
almost worse when it comes to hater because that means there's something <laughs> mentally going on where it's got the yips or you know something um but oh god the yips what's that I said oh god the yips they're the yips. they're horrifying man i, I don't think it, he doesn't have the full yips because if no. he did i mean he'd be like sailing everything to the backstop and like that's that's a true nightmare scenario yeah rick and keel for anyone who remembers him yes that was the yips that was just one of the craziest uh, me my sophomore year of high remember. school yeah <laughs> why well, I, I, I didn't get to see oh that. yeah you didn't get to see that but oh man that was that was rough man even just trying to play catch man it was mm-hmm. it was brutal i'm just like am i actually good at baseball i don't even yeah. know anymore like that like that's how much like the yips messes with you. Yeah. Um. I've I've seen it in the Northwoods League. It, it, like a dude like literally like quit retired from baseball from the Northwoods League when it when he got the yips. Yeah. During one of the games, it was it was bad. Um. Yeah. So it's it's not that it, there's something else mechanically or or whatever going on with him, but yeah. Hey, not our problem anymore, I guess. Correct. We've got we've got Devin Williams. Uh, Matt Bush, Taylor Rogers, um, but mostly we got Devin Williams. Um, and things have been, well, decent-ish. I mean, there's still a lot, there were a lot of blown saves in the month of August. But how much of that could you really credit to not having Hater versus just either the the guys not pitching well or uh, the defense not playing well or the offense not doing enough or, or whatever else, you know, e- even if you had hater, how much of that would really would have been prevented? Um, some of those situations, especially with how poorly hater is done over there, you know, there, there's no guarantee he'd be doing any better over here, although it's possible theoretically, I guess, but still how much better would it really have been having hater for all that versus having, Rodgers and Bush and Williams. Yeah, it was just almost a series of very, very unfortunate events for the month of August when it came to the pitching staff. Because you would have, you know, Aaron Ashby ends up getting shelled a couple times, find out, come to find out he's injured. Corbin Burns with two starts against the Dodgers, the only team that can make him look mortal, that ends up happening in the month of August. You get, you know, it. Bush, when he's had his couple rough outings, Taylor Rogers, when he's had his couple rough outings, Boxberger, Devin Williams, they've all been in different games. Like, and that's one of the frustrating parts too, is that like, it just, it was one after another, after another, after another. And it was just, they couldn't string to the Bruce couldn't string together these wins because someone would implode all seemingly every game. And it just it made it it took until the end of the month um, till they were able to string together a whopping three game win streak. Like that's yeah. how bad a situation they were in. So luckily it looks like they've turned a little corner for now. Um, won the series against the Cubs. Won this series against the Pirates, and we'll see what that leads to. Now, hopefully it can lead to a Craig Timber run. Um, but, I mean, when it comes to this offense, they looked lifeless and they looked like they needed a spark, And which is why we've been saying for a couple of weeks, that, like, they need a spark. They need something to help out this offense. Call up one of the prospects. Call up Ruiz. Call up Mitchell. Uh, one of those guys, Freelich, Terang, whoever. I'm, I'm a little surprised Bryce Terang did not end up getting a call up. He's going to be added to the 40-man roster this November, but uh, you know I'm I'm a little surprised it didn't end up going with him just because he's been so versatile down there in AAA and you know he can be that utility guy help out in the infield. Now you got two outfielders to help. You got Mitchell, you got Ruiz. None of those guys really play on the neither of those guys plays on the dirt. Um, so you know the the infield help isn't really going to be there. But I mean Tran could play and play the infield. So, I mean, there, there could have been some help there, but Ruiz was already on the 40-man, so you don't have to DFA anyone else to, to clear room for Terang, and you can just add him this November uh, when free agents leave the 40-man. You don't have to kick anyone off unnecessarily, um, but we'll see. I mean, uh, 
hopefully Terang can get a shot here. I, I'd like to see him get an opportunity this season. I mean, he's he was a 2018 first round pick. Uh, you know, he's he's been in AAA all season. He's done everything that they've asked him to do, and he's done it extremely well. So uh, it would have been nice to see him get the call. And um, I feel like when we were talking about the Garrett Mitchell call up earlier, we skipped over the best part uh, was his call up story and and how it happened because. You know, they, you know, they always ask, oh, what were you doing? You know, when you got the call, how'd you react and, wh- and whatever else? And, you know, Garrett Mitchell missed the initial call from 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 Rick Sweet. Apparently it came through at 11 p.m. Um, so, you know, pretty late at night, ends up getting the call to, you know, hey, you're going to be going to the big leagues. And he missed it. And it's like, oh, well, wh- why'd you miss the call? Were you asleep? No, he was eating a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> and I swear to God, at that moment, I knew Garrett Mitchell was my spirit animal, and he was my my favorite outfield prospect. I think he might have already been my favorite outfield prospect the Brewers had, besides Churio, because Churio's his own level, but and Hedbert Perez, because Hedbert. Yeah. Um, but the chocolate chip cookie. I mean, that is that is so me. That is so relatable. <laughs> like everyone can can understand. Like, oh, why'd you miss this very important phone call? I was eating a chocolate chip cookie. Well, makes sense. So a big chocolate chip cookie fan in Garrett Mitchell. And I, I tell you what, Matt, I might need a Garrett Mitchell jersey now. I, I just might. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. And I also feel like. If anyone can think back to the Got Milk commercial where the guy's eating the peanut butter and ends up uh, calling into the radio station, has to answer a question. Aaron Burr is the answer to the question for anyone who remembers it, um, but he can't answer it because they can't hear him because his mouth is full and he doesn't have milk to wash it down. He mm. misses his opportunity because he didn't have milk. Garrett, to say, oh, no. there, there is an endorsement opportunity right there for you yeah. from the milk industry. But from milk, from, from, from big cookie, from, from Pillsbury, from, from yeah, all of chips, them. ahoy from yes. whoever, from Nestle, like any, any cookie, chocolate chip cookie company or, or, or whatever that you can think of. Boom endorsement opportunity yes. you want to talk to cookie guy garrett mitchell is your guy Feel like as I, if i needed as if i needed any more convincing to buy chocolate chip cookies uh, <laughs> but it, it certainly wouldn't hurt i mean maybe even quick trip here they've got both milk and cookies at yes. quick trip a good fine wisconsin establishment by yes. the way that quick trip if anyone from quick trip is listening fine wisconsin yes. establishment Quick Trip is the only place I go for my gasoline. Um, yes, and, and milk and, and milk, and uh, you know when, when I'm on the go, you know need a need 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 something to to drink, need something need need a snack or something. Great great convenience store in there inside, and the only place I go for for gasoline. So Quick Trip, you know if you're listening or any of you uh, employees, I, I know a couple over there, I, and I should reach out to them and try to get some uh, endorsement opportunities, but. Yes, might might make gas a little cheaper for me. That'd be nice. Well, that's true. <laughs> Can we get a discount on the gasoline? Just ask asking for myself. Yes, but uh, go to a Quick Trip with code uh, Cold Brew eighty three for your <laughs> gas discounts. There's Cold Brew twenty two up here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, with <laughs> Bryce Durang, we've been derailed a lot of times today. Bryce Durang. We have. I am interested. I thought for sure I would. This is my second like for sure uh, prediction that I missed on this year. The other one being that I thought for sure the 9/11 bobblehead would have been the no hitter bobblehead, but I was wrong in that. Yeah, what? I can't believe they didn't do that either. That's ridiculous. Come on. Oh, and and then they did a like a only a special ticket giveaway for the Corbin Burns like holding a Cy Young award. Yeah bobblehead like why didn't you have uh, that in the initial Corbin we're Burns very much not going to get into uh promotions by the brewers lately uh we don't need to open that can of worms yeah i mean the Giannis bobble is cool 
and all because he's you know part owner and it's Giannis and it's you know like like that's kind of cool and all but I'm more talking I would have preferred you know something more, else yeah I'm more talking the ticket concession thing that has a lot of people oh riding. yes yes we have to talk about that oh my so, god 100 million fans man this is like this huge milestone they've been hyping it up for a damn week and it's like oh we got this big thank you gift huge massive thank you gift Six dollar terrace tickets and a six dollar concession voucher. Loge. Outfield loge. Oh yes, and, and loge bleacher or, tickets. Or maybe just bleachers. Yeah, ble- loge bleachers. Yeah. Yeah, loge bleacher and terrace tickets. Yep. For six dollars. For opening day this year, they offered terrace tickets for four dollars and fourteen cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think inflation has hit the promotion market. Yeah. But. Don't you hype this up for a damn week about this huge, massive thank you gift, and your voucher can't even buy you a full hot dog. No. It can't buy you a brat. It can't buy you a beer. It gets you, what, maybe half a beer? Uh, Three quarters of a hot dog or a brat? They, the uh, craft beer stand won't even get you half of it. It'll get you oh less than that. Because some of those craft beer, the lower ones it would, but the higher ones run like 14 bucks. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, yes, it's it's great that they did something, but you can get tickets to nearly any Brewers home game in those sections for $6. I saw them yeah. yesterday when I went to the uh, Pirates game. They were available still the same day. And because that's another thing about the ticket promo, it's only Monday through Thursday games. Yeah, games not even weekends. Traditionally have a bunch of tickets left still. So, but again, like you can, you can already get that. Not as many people can as they made available, I guess, but. I mean, it's just that's not any different than what's already out there. So you did that. Yeah. And then, yeah, just six dollars with. Uh, yeah, concessions are expensive and it's nice to have something off of them. I will admit that. But like with with the insane level that really just the entire cost of going to a baseball game has become, there was that report that was out like a month ago or so that showed the average price of a, for a family of four to go to a game. And you, yeah. you can argue little bits of, of like whether that was 100% accurate, but um, it actually might have been more than what they listed for the Brewers. And I think the Brewers were listed at like 180 bucks or something like that to go to a fan, four tickets, parking, uh, four hot dogs, two beers, two sodas is what it came out to. And so like the price to go to a game is already obscene. There's like inflation, gas prices, and all these things happening. Like people are already paying a lot of money for a lot of things, and six bucks per ticket, but still six bucks. Like it just it, it falls flat with a fan base that was already super frustrated with the team, not the promotions part of the team, but the you know the the team part of the team. Yeah, the, um, the team being cheap yeah. as as they view it, yeah. and then. It's like, oh, the, like here's your your giant gift, and it's barely a, a drop in the bucket uh, for for what you're paying for. And he here's my thing: if they did not hype this up at all, if they're just like, hey, we hit 100 million fans for for our lifetime, here's a ticket offer for it, it probably would have fine. It it would just been like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, another ticket promo to end up the season, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, no one would have cared. No, there wouldn't have been any blowback or or anything. No one would have been too upset. It's like, oh, just another ticket promo, whatever. But when you hype it up for a week about some huge thank you gift that you're giving everybody, and it, it's it's only for 11 total games. It, it doesn't carry into next season. It's, it's not a discount on season ticket packages or anything like that. It's It's such a, like, what if you already have tickets to that game? Well, like, like you're already SOL. Like, you you don't get anything from this. Does yeah. everyone get a six dollar concession voucher? Like, maybe give that to everyone for every game the rest of the season. 
you know, that might have been something. Maybe add in, maybe have a all-fan giveaway for a game or two or, or for some of the remaining games. Give away some of those uh, grill patch hats. They need to get more of those. They don't have enough in store at the at the team store. They, they keep on running out of stock. They need to keep stocked on that. Maybe have a giveaway with those or something that more people could actually take advantage of. But once you, but here's the thing that I think a lot of either promotions teams or social media teams don't really kind of understand. When, when you're hyping something up like this, I think no matter what the Brewers offered, with how much they hyped it, it was going to be a disappointment. Yeah. Right? Like when you hype it up that much for a week about this huge thing you're giving us, uh, that, that you're giving the fans, that you're giving to everybody for 100 million fans, when you hype it up that much, it is only going to be a disappointment. No matter what you come up with, no matter what you put out, no matter what you do, it is only going to disappoint when you hype it up that much. You can only do so much hype. And, it, and if all it is is a, a ticket promo for 11 games on weekdays in the terrace level, it's, it's just going to fall so flat. And I don't know how they didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think part of it, too, was the price tag being attached to it looking so small like had they like you said done an all-fan giveaway that all-fan giveaway could have been an item that retails for let's say 12 bucks but no one would have known the price all they would have known is oh at this game i get to walk in and get a free thing yeah it's a free hat it's a free shirt right like it could have been literally been like a winter hat that retails at 12 bucks and as long as you didn't say it was 12 bucks and said everyone who comes gets it for free, I think even that would have gone over better because you don't have that whole $6 price tag, which just seems so minuscule. Yeah. Like it's, and we're not like not trying to sound ungrateful here, but like you said, like you hyped it up like it was going to be this big, big thing. And that's just not that big a thing for something that in ticket wise you can already find and in concession wise barely makes a dent in what you're going to end up spending yeah i mean that that's just it, it's so much worse you know when, when they put it that way the, the, the way that they did um i think something that, that would be a whole lot better give everyone concessions discount give, give everyone the six dollar concession voucher for every game the rest of the season discount concessions have have hot dogs and brats be cheaper. Have chips and peanuts and pretzels and popcorn and tater tots and, and burgers and whatever else they have at concessions. Knock knock the prices down. Knock the price yes. of beer down. Knock the price of water and soda down. Knock the price of food down. All of it. Like have that be the be the gift. Like oh, for the rest of the season, it's going to be six dollar beers. You know, or something like that. Like you can't do a, a dollar beer night or anything like that anymore because that would just be they they lose their ass on that and everyone would be hammered. But like discount concessions for everybody, not just the select few who haven't already bought tickets to those final few games. Because what what if you already have tickets to those games? You already paid full price. Uh, you know, like you already paid full price for it, and now you don't even get the discounted concessions. The the thank you isn't for you. The thank you is is for the for the people who either don't have season ticket plans or weren't planning on going to these important games to begin with. Like it's, it's not really thanking the people who have been important. Like of those hundred million fans, like of all time attendance, I am well over a hundred of them, mm-hmm. you know? So shouldn't I get a bigger thank you versus someone who has maybe only gone to one or, or two in their lifetime? You know, like, like something like that. Maybe, maybe a thank you to those people. Yeah. I, and and I know, like, season ticket holders, like, yeah, they have, like, some events and stuff like that. Like, they, they get some things. But, yeah, to your point, like, they're, they're a pretty darn big part of getting to 100 million fans. And yet, because they already have tickets to all the games, yeah, they get nothing. So. Yeah. Uh, it's it's frustrating and it kind of just was almost a perfect way to cap off a frustrating month for the team 
it's good we're able to turn the page now. We are in Craig Timber. Hopefully we have some more Craig Timber magic coming, but that was a rough August, and I am more than happy to put it in the rear view. Yes, it is It is time to move on. It is Craig Timber, and there's going to be a lot of fun stuff happening uh, there. Uh, next week, uh, actually, is uh, the Brewers have a doubleheader, a scheduled doubleheader mm-hmm. next Thursday at home. Uh, I believe that'd be the first one in Miller Park slash American Family Field history. And I am very excited to be attending that. So that is going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Have fun with that. I will actually be attending uh, a different game in Wisconsin. I will be up at Timber Rattlers game that night because I got to see me some Jackson Cheerio before I, I don't get a chance to here or before he comes up as a brewer in a couple of years. Um, right. Yes. yes. Before he goes up, goes over to Biloxi. Right. But uh, nope, yeah. I'm going to go up to Green Bay and check that out. So that'll be a good time. Yeah, that should be. I I went up there to see him um, that that first weekend he was up, and his first at bat he hit a home run. So <laughs> I got the full Jackson Churio experience, and it was fantastic. Delightful. So I also got the Garrett Mitchell experience down there, and when I went to see Garrett Mitchell's, um, I, I think first game or so, or one of his first few games in uh, Wisconsin, he also hit a home run in his first at bat. So. I am the good luck charm, apparently. But, but yeah, so I, that is uh, that is very fun. I'm, I'm glad you're going to be able to see Churio, and, and I am excited to to hear your report on yes. uh, what you've seen from him. I'm sure you're going to be quite pleased with what you see. Yes, looking forward to it as well as all the other uh, young guys that will be fun to watch. So Yeah, so yes. it, it sounds like we're both going to be busy next Thursday, so we're either going to have to – we're either going to have to record next week's podcast a day earlier, or it'll be a day later. Probably going to have to be a day earlier because I got some wedding stuff to do Friday and Saturday. So Wednesday. It'll All right. Be. Getting married again. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, just one time to worry about having to plan a wedding. I'm not doing that again. I don't blame you there. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to do it a, a day earlier. Yeah. Uh, next week but yeah fun stuff all right well this was a great uh great conversation we got sidetracked a bunch of times but <laughs> you know it happens um craig timber is here and that is what matters so with that uh, be sure to follow us on twitter i am at dgasper24 matt is at mkmat 13 um and follow along on reviewingthebrew.com for all of our latest stuff and uh of course follow reviewing brew on twitter um and we will see you next week for another episode of the cold brew podcast